Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's early. Well, for me, it's early. And you uh, you have to know how much I like you, don't you? You have to. For me to be up on the West Coast to bring you another Blue Jackets Monday Mailbag. That's right. Still here in Seattle. I'm sorry. I've got a, got a frog in my throat to get things started here today, apparently. Still in Seattle, getting set to leave in just a short while. So I want to warn you, right off the top, especially for those of you that are with me live on X Spaces right now, it seems that when we get to live questions, people like to take their time and get settled in, maybe get your courage up, whatever the case may be. It usually takes a a while until later in the show for those of you that are going to ask your questions live. Well, today... This show will be an express show. What I mean is I just don't have the time to sit here for as long as I want to or you want to, which I normally do every week. But I am on a schedule because our bus is leaving this morning to go to the airport to head out to St. Louis to finally wrap up this five-game road trip tomorrow night. So we are on the clock, as they say, and I've got about uh, 30, 45 minutes tops that we can sit here and talk about what's going on with the Blue Jackets. So if you are on X Spaces and you have a question, request to be a speaker, I will bring you up and you can ask that question. I'll answer it for you. Some of you have already sent your questions to me on X at Bobby Mac Sports, so I already have some things to get started. But I just wanted to give you that info right off the top. We are on the clock today. So the Blue Jackets last night played game four of their five-game trip. Played the second game of a back-to-back, had played in Vancouver on Saturday night, had that disappointing, very disappointing, let's be honest about it, 5-4 to four overtime loss in Vancouver, 4-1 to one lead going into the third period, three power play goals within the first six and a half minutes. Game is tied. You go to overtime, you lose it in overtime. How can that not be disappointing? It is every single time you go through it. So last night, the Blue Jackets, they're, listen, Let's be honest about it. This is not an excuse. They were not at 100% when it came to energy level. They were a tired team, okay? You play late, you travel, you get in, you've got a game. The Saturday game started at 7 o'clock. The Sunday game started at 6 o'clock, all that stuff. So that is a factor, but it's not the only factor in why the Blue Jackets lost last night to the Seattle Kraken. 4-2 to two was the final score in the game, whereas we say 4-2 to two empty net, which means the Blue Jackets were within one, Pulled the goalie, and then the Kraken eventually got that empty net goal to set the final total in the game. But it took the Blue Jackets too long to get going. That was the problem. You can be tired, and that's expected. But you've got if you really want to win a game, you've got to get to the effort part of it much sooner than they did yesterday. In fact, I thought that they never really came to life until Igor Chinikov scored the first Blue Jackets goal of the game in the third period. And as soon as that happened, oh, boy, hey, there is hope. And then he scored his second one, and now it's a 3-2 to game. And now there's really hope. But it just wasn't enough. They couldn't come all the way back. Seattle built the 3 to nothing lead in the first period. They were able to hang on to it. They were able to get the victory. Uh, So that, that part was disappointing. And look, the goals that they got 
in the first period. I mean, the very first one, it's a power play goal by Jordan Everly. Uh, the shot comes from the blue line. It gets tipped at least once, and that was by a Blue Jackets player. Uh, it took the puck out of its original path. Daniil Tarasov, who started in goal, was reacting and going to make the save where the shot should have been coming before it got deflected. Once it got deflected, it goes right to, to uh, Jordan Everly's stick, and there's nothing Tarasov can do about it. So that, that's a bad bounce that puts them up one to nothing. They get the second goal off the rush. Jared McCann, who scored his 20th goal of the year in that game, and, and this guy has been this guy's been on fire ever since he left Pittsburgh and he went to Seattle. And it still burns Penguins fans that he was the guy that uh, was unprotected and winds up going to the Kraken, and he's he's just been phenomenal ever since he's been there. But he gets that goal, makes it a two to nothing game. They get another power play, and uh, they capitalize on that, and that's how they built their three to nothing lead. So the penalty kill is obviously an issue, no doubt about it, because the Blue Jackets gave up. If you go back to Saturday night when they gave up three straight power play goals to the Vancouver Canucks in the third period. And then the first two power plays for the Kraken, they scored five straight power plays against the other team, got a goal. And that is just unacceptable. And everybody will tell you that. No question about it. I do have a question about it, actually. Um, I always struggle with this name, but... uh, Goizan says, I think Pascal Vincent's coaching style is fine overall, but the special teams are terrible. And it was the case the past seasons too. Any explanations or hope? Regardless, I personally think we need better defensemen. Unpopular opinion, we need Adam Boquist healthy more than ever. Why would that be an unpopular opinion? I, I know he has his detractors, but I think Adam Boquist has been really good this year. I think when he has been playing, he has been noticeably better than past seasons. I think he has been skating really well. And when it comes to the power play, he makes a difference. There's no doubt about that. So I I understand why you say unpopular opinion, but I don't think it should be so unpopular right now. Um, yeah, the special teams has been a struggle. I asked Pascal Vincent about uh, the penalty kill specifically yesterday in my pregame interview. And look. Boone Jenner was out for a while. Sean Corrali was out for a while. Those are your two main face-off guys on your penalty kill. And they weren't there. I know they're back now. But when I asked Pascal about it, he said, even when you miss as much time as they did, there is still a set period of time it takes to get back into sync. And he doesn't think that everything is in sync right now on the penalty kill. Another thing is those face-offs themselves. I mean, if you're not winning face-offs, when you're on the penalty kill, you know, most of those face-offs, or a lot of those face-offs, I should say, well, most of them, they're coming in the defensive zone. So if you're not winning them, the other team automatically has the puck and they have a chance to set up. that. And the face-offs is another issue that this team has faced throughout the course of the season. So it's uh, it's all of those things. The power play, I look, I think the power play, um, they've changed the personnel numerous times. I, there are sometimes I, I just think they're looking too much for a perfect play. I really do. And and maybe it's not as simple as that. You know, maybe when they're on the ice passing it around the perimeter, they're just not seeing any shooting lanes or they're, they, 
you know, what it looks like to me is not what it looks like to them on the ice. I get all of that. But I, I do think that they try to finesse it too much. I think that they they just need to shoot it and look for rebounds and and, and put it in like that. I you know, they're you go back to the uh, third period on Saturday night. It's a four four game and Tyler Myers takes a five minute major. You get a major penalty, you can score at will. All right? I don't care if you get more than one, but just get the one because then you retake the lead. There's only going to be about three minutes left in the game, and now, now you have a real chance to win it in regulation. But instead, they passed it around, passed it around, looked for the perfect shot. It didn't exist, and that's okay in the early part of the five-minute power play. But what happens is you're patient, you're taking your time, you're trying to make a perfect play. We've got plenty of time. We've got time. It's okay. And then all of a sudden you look at the clock, and it's under two minutes. And you realize you just blew three minutes, and you don't. You may not even have a shot on goal. So now what? Now you start to push it. Now you start to panic. Now you feel like you're running out of time. And as soon as you feel like you're running out of time, what in your life when you have felt pressured for time and you start hurrying, what happens more times than not? I can't speak for you, but I know what happens to me. I screw things up. I make mistakes. I go too fast. I overlook something, and it's not good. And I think such was the case on that particular power play as well. You have a lot of time. we got all the time in the world. Let's dangle over here. Let's pass over here. I don't like what I see here. You tried. Oh, you don't like it. Give it back to me. Oh, let me give it to the guy on the other side. All the time in the world. Uh-oh. No, we don't have all the time in the world. Now, now the time's running out, and we're still tied. We have a chance to take the lead. We have a chance to win the game. Hurry up. Give me the puck. No, I, I don't have anything. I'm going to give it to you. What? Oh, you're giving it back to me? It, that's, again, that's one power play in particular. But I think overall, I just wish they would score more dirty goals. I, I really do. I, I wish they wouldn't be trying to pass from circle to circle in one time. And yeah, it works once in a while, and there are guys out there that can do it. But is there any difference between that and shooting a puck toward the net that comes off the goalie's pads and that guy in the bumper position between the circles picks it up and puts it back over top of that goalie before he can reset? Is there any difference in those goals besides the way they look? Do they count differently? No. No, they don't. So how about that? How about maybe just try that a little bit? All right? Shot selection. Uh, Well, that's another thing, too. And then sometimes they're blasting shots from the blue line that are just hitting people, the shin pads or, you know, you can't shoot a puck through a human. You you just can't. So don't, especially when you shoot it into the shin pads because what happens? Boom, it bounces right back, usually past you. And now you've got a guy maybe with a shorthanded chance going back the other way. So decision-making to me has been a big thing on special teams, especially on the power play, decision-making, and then getting the right personnel out there. And they keep on interchanging people, and, and it just they just haven't found anything that works still to this point. So sometimes it's mind-boggling. Most times it's mind-boggling, as a matter of fact. So that's where we stand on that. I hope that has answered your question. All right, as I told you, this is a uh, limited engagement today because I've got to make the bus to get to St. Louis. So if you're with me on X Spaces and you want to ask your question, 
you can just request to be a speaker and do that. And that is exactly what we're going to do right now with Union Blue Soldiers. So unmute. There you go. How you doing? Uh, hello there, Bob. Hello there, everyone. Um, you know, you talked about the power play. A perfect example in more recent games is what uh, happened with Dmitry Voronkov in Calgary where they just shoot it, they put it on net, and Voronkov's there to just kind of reach his stick out. Puck bounces off the stick, and it goes in, and obviously the Blue Jackets eventually win that game 5-2. So I kind of agree with you there. It, it Sometimes it'd just be better just put it on net, and maybe something like that can happen. Especially sometimes. when you have a guy that's uh, 6-5 standing in front of the goalie, right? It's not bad. I would agree. Having a dude that's 6'5", 240 definitely uh, helps out, and the Blue Jackets have definitely benefited from that. Uh, my question to you is just, in, what has happened with Yegor Chinikov? And I mean this in a good way that he's, you know, compared to other seasons, he's just become just so good and just so fun to watch. I mean, two goals yesterday, another one in Calgary, and just in general, he's just been so fun to watch. And it's just interesting to see going back in 2020, going from when most people are like, oh, my God, Blue Jackets, what are you doing? Why are you picking him? And then actually it turns out, no, the Blue Jackets knew something. They were right because he looks pretty damn good. Well, I think it's a couple of things with him, to be honest with you. Number one is just development because now he's played a couple of seasons, mostly in the National Hockey League, some in the American Hockey League. So that is a natural progression. He is going to get better from doing that. That's number one. Number two is he's healthy right now because if there has been an issue with Chinikov that uh, has set him back a little bit, it has been the injuries that he has had, uh, you know, not being able to start a season out of training camp. But last year he had, like, freak injuries. Like, he, you know, he – guy hits him and rolls up on his leg and there's nothing he can do. It's not his fault. Now all of a sudden he's out for months. So he is healthy. That is number two. So development number one, healthy is number two. And number three, I think he finally understands what his role is on this team. He's getting an opportunity. Uh, when they moved him with Johnny Gaudreau and Cole Sillinger, they, you know, they said to him, look, all the work that you've been doing has been noticed. Uh, we're going to put you on this line. We want you to shoot on this line and go get him. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's getting power play time. He's getting penalty kill time now. He feels as though he's a big part of what is going on. Now, he's earned that. In all fairness, he has earned that. They didn't just give it to him because he's a former number one pick or anything like that. He's earned all of that. So that's why I think he's so much better this year because he's been developed. He is healthy. And he's getting opportunity. And he's making the most of opportunity. And I give him a, a world of credit for that because a lot of guys get put in situations where they could do something and then they don't do it. And then they wonder why they're back on the fourth line or if they're a healthy scratch or if they're in the American Hockey League. Don't wonder. It was there for you. You did nothing with it. Chinikov is doing something with his opportunity. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you there, Bob. He's just been so fun to watch and his shot is just wow just a beautiful shot it's just anytime he has the puck he has a chance to score and I feel like when watching him play that anytime he has the puck it's a chance that they could score and especially 
last night, man, he was feeling it. Anytime he had the puck, he could, could have scored. And I'm just thinking to myself, just get it to him. Just get it to him. Just have him shoot it. But anyways, he's been so fun to watch and just hopes he keeps going. So I'm done talking, but thank you, Bob. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being on today. I appreciate it. Again, if you're on X spaces with me and you want to ask your question, request to be a speaker, I'll bring you up and you can do just that. Yeah. Chinikov has been a lot of fun to watch and, you know, the really funny thing about him is with his shots. I mean, he has got a blistering one-timer and a big slap shot, but his wrist shot is hard. I mean, he puts great velocity on the puck just taking a wrist shot. And uh, Joey Decord saw that last night twice. Uh, saw two really good wrist shots uh, that went in. The, the goal that he got Saturday uh, came off the backhand. You don't see him go to the backhand very often, but, you know, you're – if you're the goalie, especially, and you're playing, you're looking for that forehand shot, and then he flips it over and sends a little backhander over your pad, uh, he's a really good player. He's really turned into a good player, and he is he's a confident player right now. That's another part of that equation. He has confidence. He, I think he really believes that when he has the puck, he can do something with it now, and, and that hasn't always been the case. Such with every player. You know, I, I'll bet you that, there have been times this year, and probably many, Johnny Gaudreau doesn't think he can do anything with the puck because it's been a struggle for him. So it happens to everybody. You have the confidence, you lose the confidence, you get it back again. Chinikov's got it right now, and it has been extremely fun to watch. Uh, Fantilli Fanatic says, Pascal has said the defense is learning the system and they haven't unleashed the entire D plan. Do you think this is true and that this is all still a part of the progress? I I don't know when he said that they haven't unleashed the entire D plan. Um, he may have said it. I just I don't recall him saying that. Um, I think learning the system's out the window. I mean, we're past the halfway point of the year. Uh, you've had pretty much the same D plan. You've had some injuries, but you know, for the most part, it's not like last year where there was a new guy coming up from the American Hockey League every other week to get into a game and play. So I don't uh, I don't think they're holding anything back. I just don't think at times they play very good defense. I think at times uh, there are guys and and this is all of them. This isn't just uh, this isn't just guys that are uh, of lesser experience. These are veteran guys too. I mean they they make mistakes and everybody makes mistakes, but sometimes they make big mistakes at bad times and and it costs this team, and every team will say that to an extent. Um, does it happen more here? I don't know. Probably just feels like it because I watch every single game. Mark Carell II says, if there is one thing the Blue Jackets are consistent at, it is being inconsistent. Multi-goal third-period leads seem to baffle this team. Has here-we-go-again creeped into the locker room, or is it a full-bore monster in their heads? Fans already know the script, it seems. Mark also says, to follow up to the frustration of this team, other team broadcasters verbalize their frustrations and disbelief on air in real time. I never hear you with a here we go again or I can't believe this happened again. Is this deliberate? All right, let's answer all this stuff in order, okay? Uh, The first one, has here we go again creeped into the locker room? Of course it has. Even if anyone says to you, oh, no, we don't think about that. <laughs> BS. Of course you do. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking thinking about it. 
they're thinking about it. Saturday night is a perfect example of it. You go into the third period up four to one, and you have penalty time that carried over from the second you've got to kill off. All right? Just kill that off, and your mindset is great. But no, you give up the power play goal. Now it's four to two. You're still fine at that point. You're fine. Calm down. You've got a two-goal lead. It's okay. Another penalty, another power play goal. Now it's four to three. How could you not have a here-we-go-again mindset? How could you not have it at that point in time? And then it's 4-4, and now it's full-blown disappointment. And now you've got to play through the disappointment and try to break the tie. Of course, there's a here-we-go. I I don't think it is. uh, How did you word it? A full-bore monster. I I wouldn't say that. I think it's just a – it's a – it's uh from the entire group there's that stigmatism uh-oh that's what it is it's the uh-oh factor of the team gets go uh-oh seen this before and as far as your other the the other part to your question about me saying i don't say here we go again or i can't believe this happened again i mean <laughs> i can believe it happened again how could you not believe? I've watched it 13 times. I mean, I, I'm i feeling it just like you're feeling it, just like they're feeling it. I don't want it to happen. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. But when it happens, I can't be surprised. Go back to that Toronto game where they had the 5 to nothing lead after two periods. I said to my uh, engineer, the guy that runs the controls for me in the booth, and when we go other places, those people live in those places. And I told him after the second period, I said, you think this game is over. It's not. This team has a, uh, a really bad way of managing leads in the third period. I told him that. And when they got to four, we took a commercial break, and he looked at me and he said, man, you were right. Yeah, I was right. I, I've watched it over and over. I don't like it. And I'm... I, I don't need to go on the air and say, I can't believe this because what what sense is that? I Look, I just approach it the other night in Vancouver. I said on the air exactly what I said a moment ago here. Four to two, you're fine. Just, you're, just keep on skating. You're fine. Four to three, you're still fine. It's okay. Even four, four, you're not losing. You're tied. You've got to break a tie. It, it's okay. It's, well, I mean, it's not okay, but it's still within your reach. Um, yeah, it just doesn't it, it doesn't do me any good. To, I'm not going to sit and berate them and rip them. I mean, I know how they feel. They feel like you feel. They feel like I feel. The only problem is they're the ones that can control it, and they're trying to figure out how to control it in a different way. So it's, it's not that I'm not frustrated. It's just... Uh, you know, I don't know if I want to say professionalism of it, but I, I don't need to. I don't need to bury them. We all know. We've all watched it. We've all heard it. We've all seen it. So uh, I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to do any more than that. Ah, uh, what else do I have here? Uh, Barrick Nichols says any update on Adam Fantilli? Yeah, Adam got cut with a skate in the game last night. Jared McCann's skate clipped him in the back of the leg. Uh, I saw him afterwards. He had a boot on, and he had crutches, and um, 
and I don't know. I, I well, I'm not going to talk about anybody's medical thing because I don't know. I didn't ask him specifically. Um, that's what I saw, and he is getting around like that. Pascal Vincent did say after the game he's not sure what the status is going to be for St. Louis. It wouldn't shock me if that's a game that he has to miss, but I, I think that with that, you know, with the all-star break coming up here in, in the long break, that uh, that will benefit him. Let's put it that way. Um, I heard it's not as bad as it could have been. So that's good news, right? Uh, what else do I have here? Sierra. Uh, Sierra, I'm just, I'm, I just hesitated because I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Sierra says, what are your thoughts on people calling for boycotting the team, like not wearing apparel, not going to games, et cetera? Listen, Sierra, you buy a ticket, you have a right to do what you want to do. You want to complain, you can complain. You want to come to games, you come to games. If you don't want to come to games because you want to show some, you want to make some kind of statement, you have every right to do that. You don't want to wear the logo because you want to make a statement, you have the right to do that. But um, I just... I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'll give you a great example of how I feel about it. I am a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and when I was a kid, you could say that proudly. Today, not so much. A uh, couple flash in the pan, wild card playoff appearances. And that's getting to be a long time ago now. But does that stop me from pulling on a T-shirt? or going to a game when I happen to be there, or going to, uh, I was going to say spring training game. I haven't been to one of those in a while. But if we were in Florida and they were playing, I would go. Absolutely, I would go. So, again, that's just me. You can do whatever you want. Um, you know, my thoughts are, I, it's, it's not, uh, not going to change anything immediately. If you think that, People are sitting around here and saying everything is great, and then, oh, there's people not wearing our T-shirts. Now we've got to do something. That, that's not going on. They're trying to fix the problems here with the team. They're trying to make it better. And, again, you, you can do what you want to do. People can make their choice. When you're the paying customer, you can make the choice. You know, if, if, uh, if I want to go to restaurant A over restaurant B and I'm paying, that, that's what I'll do. So, you could do that. Uh, I'm not a fan of it, obviously, as I just stated to you from my baseball fandom. Um, you know, so, again, that's my answer to that question. That's can uh, do what you want. Uh, let me see. What else do I have here? Captain Cornelius pointing me to a uh, coffee shop. Said, don't go to the... What's this? Don't go to the tourist trap. Try this other one. Where was that yesterday when I had more time? Because today I don't have any time. I had time to walk down to the end of the block, do the order ahead. By the way, is is the mobile order option the best thing that's ever happened, especially when it comes to, uh, well, I was going to say especially when it comes to coffee because that's what I do the most, I guess. But, I mean, even anything. The fact that you can just get on your phone, Decide what you want, and then go to a place. Well, you don't even have to go. You can have it brought to you. But go to the place, 
walk in, look for your name, and pick it up. That is, I love that the most. Of all of the technology, that is probably my favorite thing, that I can just order and go get it. And I most times I don't even have to deal with a person. And many times that's a good thing. But, yeah, I, that's all I had time to do this morning. I got up, tried to get everything packed last night, or most everything packed. I got 92% of my stuff packed. And as soon as I'm done doing this, I got to put all of this uh, radio equipment away, finish packing my bag, and then get to the bus. So I did a lot of that last night. I got up this morning just in time to get showered, get dressed, order the coffee, walk down the street, get it, get back in here and do this. So um, I'll keep that in mind for the next time that we're here next year, probably about the same time because we played on the same date this year as we did last year. Is that weird? It's very weird. I think I, I I don't know how often that happens, but that's exactly what we did. And it was a back to back. So I, I didn't even have a lot of time yesterday. I walked over to the, um, to the market there a little bit, happened to be there at a the time they were throwing some fish. That was cool. I uh, went to the same little cafe in there that I've eaten at for the last three years and, uh, sat by the window and looked out at the water and Came back to the hotel and watched a little bit of football, and then it was time to go to work. So I haven't had a lot of time here. I haven't explored this city very much. Last year I went out to the Space Needle. That was that was cool. And I actually got off my wallet and went up there and looked uh, looked at everything from that perspective. And But as far as spending a lot of time in Seattle and, and figuring out much about this place, I haven't done it. Just haven't had the opportunity. I know. Poor me. Poor me who gets sent out here and, and I don't have the time to uh, go and be a tourist. It's a business trip, as we always say. It's a business trip. It's not a vacation. It's a business trip. And the business trip continues tomorrow in St. Louis. And then this trip is finally over. I can't speak for anybody else that's on this trip, but I'll tell you something. It is, uh, how many days into it? Like, by Saturday in Vancouver, I was thinking, you know, if this was the last if this was the last game, that would be fine. Let's just go home. And then by yesterday, especially like I said, it's a back to back, so I'm scrambling to try to get stuff done in the morning and and you're just like, Oh, this that's enough. Let's go home. And then the game ends last night and and it's like just can we just get on the plane and go home? Oh no, there's one more yet. So this is a, uh, what day do we leave? Last Sunday. So this is day eight. Tomorrow will be day nine. By day five, it starts to creep in. By day five, you're like, eh, you know what? This is this has probably been long enough. But yet, it continues. The St. Louis Blues, who the Blue Jackets are going to play tomorrow, they are kind of finding it right now. I mean, they're battling for a wild card spot. They're in a good position. They've won some games. They're picking up points. Uh, it's not going to be an easy one, and it never is easy to go into St. Louis. If ever there's a city where I'm happy that there's a back-to-back, and I think for the last three years, somebody said this the other day, do you realize for the last three years we've played at home and then gone to St. Louis to play the next day? And that's great. 
because I there is just there to me there is just nothing to do in that downtown. Like that is one place I don't mind going in and playing and leaving. And I understand that the suburbs are great, but I've never been there. So let's get in there today and let's get some sleep and let's play tomorrow and let's go home and get on the all-star break and take some time. And I know that's what everybody's looking forward to right now. And whatever energy they have left, they're going to give in that game tomorrow night. And St. Louis is going to do the same thing, by the way. So um, he would like to end this trip with another win because after last night, what is the record now? One, two, and one on this trip. You know, if you could win it and basically kind of finish 500, that would be nice. That would make you feel good going into the break. If it's another setback and depending upon how big of a one, um, that's going to weigh on you going into the break too. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. All right, I told you, we're on the clock. I've gone through all my questions. Nobody's requesting to be a speaker on X Spaces, so I'm going to go finish packing my bag and get my stuff on the bus and get to St. Louis so I can do nothing. Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, maybe one more. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Let's see. Hold on. Give it a second. Maybe at the 11th hour, Peter would like to join the show. Hello, Peter. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Um, I just got a quick one for you. My question is regarding uh, roster spots and things like that. So, basically, everybody's probably seen the story with um, Juracek kind of being a little sour about going down to the AHL. And we all know that their team is playing other defensemen in front of him probably to get them some eyes from other teams so that maybe there's some trade value. But my question basically is, at what point does it seem like a roster spot is more valuable than the return that like a peak or someone along those lines could get us? Like, doesn't it make more sense to free up a spot for a future, hopefully star on the team than to try to get whatever return we could get for peak, which seems like a bag of pucks at this point, but that's my question. David Yurchek is not ready to be in the National Hockey League, despite what David Yurchek thinks, despite what many fans think. He's treating it like it's a punishment to go to the American Hockey League. David Yurchek is going to be an extremely good defenseman, I believe, in the NHL. He's not quite ready yet. There is no shame to playing in the American Hockey League. When I worked in that league, there were guys, if you were a defenseman, it was routinely three years you could figure being there before you had a chance to go to the National Hockey League. Ask Mark Mathot when he got drafted by the Blue Jackets and how long it took him to make the adjustments and get out of the American League and play in the National Hockey League, which he did for a long time and was good. But he has to develop. David Yurichek is a good player, he's got a lot of strengths, and he also has some deficiencies. Uh, The deficiencies come with his pivoting and his turning, and that is one thing that Pascal Vincent said to me. They have a skills coach that goes there and works with him, and and they they want him to develop. Look, Andrew Peake, say what you want to, but he's played in the National Hockey League, and 
couple of years ago when there were all those injuries, he was playing on the top pair with Zach Wierenski. I'm not saying he's a top pair defenseman, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm saying he is an NHL defenseman and has been playing that role for years. David Yurchek will play it for years, but there are things he needs to adjust to. And, oh, by the way, you're getting sent to Cleveland. Back in the day, guys were getting sent to Syracuse. Guys were getting sent to Springfield, Massachusetts. You might as well send me to the end of the earth if you're going to send me to Springfield, Massachusetts. You're going to Cleveland. You're playing in a major league city. You're playing in a major league arena. And you're playing for a first-place team where everything is good right now. And what is wrong with that as well? To be around that, you want to be around uh, a struggling, losing mindset, or you don't want to be around a great winning mindset and developing there. Let's go back to when the Monsters won the Calder Cup years ago and Zach Wierenski came out of college and he went and he played there um you know he didn't whine and cry about I got to go to the National Hockey League and if I'm not playing there I'm not going to do anything he went to the American League they won a championship Josh Anderson was part of that Jonas Corposalo was part of that Oliver Bjorkstrand was part of that there were pieces that uh made this team better when they got here they had a winning mentality they didn't they didn't know how to lose and they're still playing in the league so my point is, I understand David Yurchek's disappointed. I understand he wants to play in the National Hockey League. I get it. I, I get all of that. However, this is not the end of the world. You're 20 years old. You just came to North America last year. There are things that you need to refine. There are guys here that have more experience than you have. This, and is the talent level the same? In some ways, it is right now. Is it going to be in the long run? No, he's going to be a much better defenseman with the tools that he has if he if he reaches his ceiling. So just go just go and do what you have to do. I, I you know I'd prefer that he lie about it a little bit. I, I just mean you can say you don't want to be there, but how can you not understand why you're there right now? It, 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 and his best, his sorry to cut you off. No, one of fine. his best friends plays up there too. I think he's really good, really close with Sposville uh, as well. So yeah. that's another good thing about him going. Uh, something that he can look forward to going there also. Yeah, it's it's not like you're, uh, you know, and, and maybe he's looking at it like, well, your last place team. I'm good enough to play on a last place team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I get that, but go play on a first place team and refine the little things that you need to have fun, be in a positive mindset. Uh, everything that I've heard and everybody I've talked to that goes to Cleveland to do work with those players or the guys that are, that are coming up and going back down, they all say the same thing. The atmosphere is unbelievable. It's off the charts there, um, just with the fun that they're having and the way that they're playing. It looks like it. Yeah, go experience that. That's all part of development too, by the way. It's not just the, the skating skills and the goal scoring. It, it's The mindset is part of it too. Go there and... Enjoy that. Just embrace it. And to be honest with you, Peter, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, if you mm -hmm. want to get back to the National Hockey League, it's attitude. When you get sent to the American Hockey League, you don't have to be happy about it. But your attitude has to be right. And you have to go there and you have to do your work because this guy is coming back. There are some guys that get sent back. They don't know if they're ever coming back. Right. Now, I'm not saying this whole situation, now in defense of David Juracek, I'm not saying this entire situation was handled the way that it should have been handled, but as far as his development goes, he's in a good place. 
and he doesn't have to be here to develop. This is not a developmental league. The American Hockey League is a developmental league, not the National Hockey League. Does it get done here in today's game? Yeah, it does. Is it ideal? No, it's not. And defense and goaltending are two positions that take longer to develop than the forward position. And so I just want to see him go and be great there. Be so good there that they have to bring you back up here. Because if he does that, then he's really on a good track to be in the National Hockey League for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. How's that? Did I cover it? You covered it. Thank you, Peter. Great to have you on Thank the show. You. All right. That's going to do it. I, what, what can I do after that? I mean, I, I can't follow that up with anything. I was just great right there. I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's early. I haven't even finished this cup of coffee, but I'm going to. And then I'm going to take this bag and go to the bus and get on the bus and go to the plane and get on the plane and go to St. Louis. And tomorrow, the Blue Jackets and the Blues are going to face each other. That game is at 8 o'clock Eastern time in Columbus. That means our pregame coverage will start at 730 on the Blue Jackets radio network and also on Bally Sports, of course. And then the Blue Jackets will have wrapped up their five-game road trip and then we'll be into the All-Star break and it'll be about, uh, what is it, 10 days or whatever. The Blue Jackets won't play again until February the 10th at Nationwide Arena against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So enjoy your Monday, if that's possible. Some people just can't do it. Some people just, they hate Monday so bad they can't enjoy it at all. I enjoy it because I get to talk to you on this show every Monday. So uh, enjoy your Monday, and then tomorrow we'll reconvene in St. Louis for the Blue Jackets and the Blues to wrap up this five-game road trip. Thanks to those of you who came on X Spaces and uh, decided to ask your questions live. Thanks to the rest of you who sent your questions to me on X at Bobby Mac Sports. That'll do it for this Blue Jackets Monday mailbag. Until tomorrow night in St. Louis, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.